Chapter Five of France to Scandinavia. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. How France was made new. Ninety thousand dollars for every family in Washington. Seventy-five thousand dollars for everyone in Los Angeles. Fifty-five thousand dollars for everyone in Cleveland or Boston. That is what each city would have could it divide up the sum France has spent in rebuilding since the World War left a great part of her country in ruins the amount is more than nine thousand millions of dollars it equals three thousand dollars for every soul in chicago or paris fifteen thousand dollars for every man woman and child in buffalo and more than that for every citizen of san francisco or pittsburgh nine billion dollars means also an enormous amount of hard work had adam had that sum when he started to earn his living by the sweat of his face and had there been one thousand additional men outside of the garden of eden all endowed with perpetual life he could have kept that gang working at five dollars a day from then until now and still have had enough over to pay himself good wages as boss had methuselah had nine billion dollars when he was sixty-nine years of age he could have employed ten thousand men at one thousand dollars a year each for nine centuries reforming the world and perhaps preventing the flood in which at the age of nine hundred and sixty-nine he was drowned the money laid out equals twenty three hundred dollars per acre for all of the six thousand square miles of the devastated territory and so far i believe almost every dollar has been honestly spent one can see the results of the work in the substantial farms houses buildings factories and roads which will last for ages to come France has mixed her money with brains and good business and has built well for the far future. Take the matter of forests. At the end of the war, a half million acres had to be replanted or repaired. A third of a million acres had been so utterly ravaged that it will require a half century to bring them back to their normal. France is doing her reforestation on a gigantic scale. She has set out tens of thousands of trees, 100 million Douglas fir seeds, or enough to reforest 40,000 acres, were furnished by the president of the American Forestry Association. In the Somme department alone, the program involved planting 30,000 acres in new trees. For the last week, I have been motoring over the region laid waste by the World War, dictating descriptions and making photographs of the new farms, new factories, and new buildings that have sprung phoenix-like from the ashes. I have had my secretary at my elbow taking my notes, and a young Harvard junior who got his early schooling in France, interpreting my talk with the people. In addition, the government has given me a guide, an army officer who was wounded and gassed a dozen times by the Germans and who knows the battlefields as you know the palm of your hand. We started at Reims and rode back and forth, making many detours and going through Chateau Thierry, along the Chemin des Dames, by Soissons, Saint-Quentin, Arras, Albert, and a score of other cities and towns, traveling through the valleys of the Marne, the Aisne, the Oise, and the Somme, and ending our journey here at Lille in the Department of the Nord. Some of the time we were so close to the frontier that I could have thrown a stone from France to Belgium, and again as far south as the Germans got in their rushes toward Paris. Before that, I had traveled through other parts of the battlefields so that I have, as it were, almost the whole of recreated France in my mind's eye. I said recreated France, 
for the country i have seen is a new france that has risen more rapidly out of the ruins than did san francisco after the earthquake or chicago or baltimore after their fires we thought those works of rebuilding enormous compared to the great work that has been achieved here they were like fitting together the toy house of a baby the reconstruction is so vast and so rapid that i despair of making you realize the marvels that began to spring up even before the peace treaty was signed villages cities and factories appeared like magic where were the most terrible ruins mines which were blown up and flooded have been pumped out and are working again under the mighty shaft houses which have risen above them farms once cut up by shell holes and covered with a net of barbed wire are now smooth and as clean as your garden and laden with crops new roads and railways now run where there were deep gashes and piles of twisted steel indeed the work recalls that mighty event of thousands of years ago when god divided the light from the darkness and in the space of six days laid the foundations upon which man has been building since then but before i describe what has been done let me give you a glimpse of the region before the germans began their work of destruction in the first place the devastated country runs through northern france from the north sea to the rhine reaching south almost to paris it comprises six thousand square miles it is one-sixth as big as indiana and two-thirds the size of massachusetts it embraces ten of the richest departments or states of the republic of france and one-thirty-sixth of its territory divide france into fields of thirty-six acres each and one acre in every field was fought over collect all its people and one in every six lived in this battle-scarred region and that sixth paid more than sixteen per cent of the taxes the actual number was about twice as many people as there are in philadelphia or as many as there are in chicago detroit and cleveland combined to appreciate how dense was the population of this area let us compare it with that of indiana which contains less than three million hoosiers you could multiply its population by nine and it would still be less thickly settled than was this section before destruction fell upon it like a thunderbolt from the skies we have more people to the acre in rhode island than in any other part of the union there are six hundred for every square mile these ten departments had eight hundred per square mile which equals a family of five for every four acres and that notwithstanding the fact that there are in our sense of the word no large cities or towns four of the states or departments were almost as busy as the region around pittsburgh they were beehives of factories and foundries of steelworks and glassworks and great textile mills from under their surface came ninety per cent of the iron ore and more than half of all the coal produced by france they made more than three-fourths of the pig iron in the whole of the devastated region not one-tenth as big as missouri there were eleven thousand factories out of which came ninety-five per cent of the woolen goods and sixty per cent of the cottons which france made for export and domestic consumption this region produced also seven-tenths of the beet sugar consumed by the people it had more than twenty-five thousand industrial establishments representing one-third of the wealth of the french in the mills about nine hundred thousand men were at work and one hundred and fifty thousand men were employed in the mines several hundred thousand were engaged in spinning and weaving now look at the conditions just after the armistice when france began to count up its losses when the germans left the population of the ten departments had so shrunk 
that there were only two out of every five people left. Take two out of every family in Boston, Washington, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Cleveland, and Philadelphia, and those cities would be reduced to the condition of this territory at the close of the war. One thousand communes, or counties, had been completely desolated, and two thousand more had suffered great damage. Out of the whole, only 374 were left intact. In some of the departments, not a single village was spared, and in the four principal ones, 290,000 houses were completely demolished, 164,000 torn by projectiles, and more than a quarter of a million seriously injured in one way or another. One of the great calamities was the ruin of the water supply. These French villages relied largely on wells or hydrants on the corners of the streets. There is no running water in the home of the average French peasant. He goes to the village well or to the hydrant to get the water he drinks and uses in cooking. I have seen men, women, and children drawing water in every town I have passed through. In the devastated regions, about 30,000 wells had been totally destroyed. Over 25,000 had been poisoned, and more than 100,000 had to be cleaned up. In addition, it was necessary to clean out 5,000 acres of ponds and so many streams that if they were joined together, they would fill a canal longer than the distance from Kansas City to Paris. Thousands of acres of farmlands were entangled in a network of barbed wire. Vast areas which had been plowed up by shells were as hilly as a prairie dog village, and other tracks had holes so big that each would make a grave for an elephant. The mass of earth thrown out would equal the cubic contents of our national capital at Washington. About eight million acres of land, two-thirds of which had been under the plow, were thought to be ruined. A huge territory had been sown with projectiles, some of them live shells which blew up and killed so many children who played about in the fields that when the work of reconstruction began, the little ones had to be guarded and kept away from the workers. The dugouts and the trenches formed a great network that had to be filled. There were 333 million cubic meters of these, enough to equal a ditch a yard wide, a yard deep, and more than 240,000 miles long. If old Mother Earth had a waste belt of dry land, you might have dug a ditch around her, three feet wide and six feet deep, and the work of filling that ditch would be just about one-fourth that of filling the dugouts left here in France. As to the roads, most of which had been in as good condition as the best tourist routes of New England, there were so many destroyed that joined together they would have made ten automobile highways from New York to Seattle. On these roads about five thousand bridges and viaducts were torn down and broken up and of the magnificent trees lining the highways vast numbers were cut off by shells chopped down with the axe or so battered that they looked like the dead forest in the dismal swamp of Virginia. The same sort of destruction befell the railways. Enough tracks to lay a road from Boston to the Mississippi River were torn up, and after the armistice, 1,500 bridges and tunnels needed rebuilding. And now, just a word as to the factories and mines. Two-thirds of the coal pits of the departments of the Nord and Pas de Calais had been blown up or flooded, and 220 had to be bored over again. The concessions of Lens, Liévin, Courtrai, Marchin, and Drocourt had been totally ruined. Most of the power plants had been systematically plundered, and of 200 gas factories, 150 were damaged. 
ninety percent of the textile industries valued at something like ten million dollars were wiped out and glassworks and chemical works to four-fifths that amount were destroyed and so i might go on for an hour more giving you new figures of how france suffered in the war the story is one horrible tale of devastation such as the world has not seen since the seventeenth day of november along about twenty three hundred b c when god sent the flood and destroyed every living thing upon earth excepting the men birds beasts and creeping things corralled in the ark of old noah what we are more interested in is the work of recreation this has gone on so rapidly that even the french do not realize the enormous changes that have taken place in the states through which i have toured large parts of the country remind one of the frontier towns of our west which spring up in gold mine stampedes or oil rushes save that these new buildings of france are substantial and put up to stay one looks far and wide over farms richer than those of the mississippi valley which at this writing are covered with crops far exceeding in their profit per acre anything we know in america one sees everywhere on the landscapes the red tiled roofs of farmhouses and of cities and villages the laws prohibit any buildings of wood and all roofs must be of tile slate or steel some of us lie awake all night before we decide to build a new barn france has built more than ten thousand almost in one job and they are all roofed with gray slate or red tiles the lands brought back by the plow are more than one-eighth the size of ohio and that state has no soil so fat the crops are bigger than ever the last wheat yield showed an increase of eight million bushels over that of the previous year the oat and hay crops were enormous before the war there were in round numbers on the farms overrun by the germans about nine hundred thousand cattle and more than half as many horses donkeys and mules of sheep and goats there were almost a million and the hogs were one-third as many nearly all of these were destroyed or carried away over the rhine today those farms have almost a half million cattle and an equal number of sheep goats and pigs while new livestock is being brought in every day i have seen flock after flock of sheep watched by shepherds and great numbers of cows tied by long ropes to stakes feeding on grass which reached to their knees the cows are allowed to eat only that set before them and they cut off a field foot by foot as though it were mowed with a scythe there are no fences whatever and a cow will feed upon clover going only the length of her rope while within smelling distance just beyond are wheat and oats sometimes running as high as forty bushels to the acre after she has eaten her allotted area close to the ground the stake is moved and she cuts down a new patch let me take you across country and show you some of the new farms of northern france we are in a pan-hard limousine with the army officer and the chauffeur on the front seat we are going over a road as hard as stone and as smooth as a floor occasionally we see windrows of barbed wire still lying by the sides of the road while here and there it is cocked up like hay in the fields or made up into bales to be sold as old iron each bale is about a foot thick two feet wide and three long it weighs one hundred and twenty five pounds and brings four dollars a ton i can't tell you how much of this barbed wire there was but it covered tens of thousands of acres and it will probably be years before it is all out of the way the greater part of the wire has been taken from the land that can be farmed 
and the only places where it still lies in any quantity are in the red zone made up of the worst ravaged of the battle areas it equals three thousand farms of one hundred acres each it will cost more than it is worth to redeem it and so the government has bought the land from the peasants to plant it with trees there is no possibility of making it into farmland for another generation because it will take from fifty to a hundred years for the leaf mold from the forest to create a new topsoil as we go on with our ride we look out at right and left through the trees the carpet of crops reaches on and on to the wooded horizon the fields are of all shapes and sizes and each is as smooth as the newly woven stuffs from the silk mills of lyon here and there in this beautiful blanket a town is rising out of ruins and patches of great barns with their roofs of red tile stand high over the green the fields are of many colors and just now the declining rays of the sun have turned them to velvet there are green sugar beets and purple alfalfa there are patches of golden ripe wheat lemon-hued oats and the dark brown newly ploughed land now and then we pass a place where the red poppies are trying to conquer the gold of the wheat the poppies are about the only weeds to be seen and we ride on and on through what seems a vast garden i am surprised at the good farming i see all over france in our agriculture every third man is a sluggard his fields are half ploughed and weeds line the roadsides his meadows are peppered with blue thistle or daisies in the france i am seeing every patch is clean and of even richness the whole nation is working for the new france especially on the farms everyone in the family is out in the fields and they work from sunrise to sunset i see many women at work they hoe and weed the beets and the turnips they labor in the hayfields loading the carts and they push wheelbarrows filled with all sorts of farm produce over the roads they even do much of the rough work of building this afternoon i saw four lusty maidens throwing bricks from one to another on the top of a great brick pile outside one of the towns a little farther on a bareheaded old woman was pushing a wheelbarrow and in the fields by the side of the roads boys of twelve and fourteen were aiding the harvesters the same sort of hard work is going on in all the towns and the cities the municipalities are buzzing like bees after swarming and men and women and boys are toiling long hours at their various jobs i spent yesterday in armentieres going through some of the rebuilt cotton and linen factories there the city lies within a pistol shot of the border of belgium at the outbreak of the war it had forty spinning and weaving mills these were all destroyed much of their machinery as well as all of the copper and brass fittings was carried over the rhine into germany some of the smokestacks were blown up so that they fell on the buildings and thus aided in their destruction what happened there was typical of the ruined industrial centers the region is almost altogether given up to textiles before the war more than two-thirds of the woolen spindles of france were in the invaded districts and a great part of the linen spindles and looms the germans took away more than a half million linen spindles and four million cotton spindles they sent home fifteen thousand cotton looms and a greater number of looms suited to linens they destroyed about thirty two million dollars worth of combing machinery and spinning machinery to the value of another twelve millions they blew up or carried away the machinery of the bleaching dyeing and ironing plants it is said that the loss in the textile industries alone totaled upward of two billion dollars i should like to give you a picture of one linen factory 
which i visited at armentier new buildings have risen out of the debris and the spinning and weaving establishment installed is such as any town in new england might be proud to own the mill covers several acres the walls are of brick and glass and the roofs of glass and red tiles the smokestack is a mosaic of red and white bricks and as a whole the establishment is very artistic before the war that mill employed about eight hundred men but its director tells me that the new and more efficient machinery means much greater output with less labor in one of the weaving rooms covering i should say half an acre i found the looms all in place and above them a thicket of leather and rubber belts forming a network covering the whole some of the looms were weaving cloth twenty-five feet in width and others fine linens not a yard wide i saw some looms on which girls were weaving the fine linens used in our country and some which were turning out pongee cloth for lightweight suits for american men the director says his exports at present are largely to the south american countries he deprecates our tariff which affects the franco-american trade during my trips through the devastated region i have seen something of the beet sugar industry the loss there was more than one hundred million dollars and the distilleries breweries and other agricultural industries were damaged to the extent of hundreds of millions more from armentier i went into the rubix tourquin district another great textile center which was practically destroyed and saw something of the reconstructed plate glass and chemical factories of chauny Sirey, and saint gobain all of these industries have come back rapidly indeed the recovery of industrial france has proved one of the wonders of our twentieth century world i can sum up the whole in one sentence all france is at work the people are cheerful and they have faith in their future they are all saving money and they believe that god lives End of chapter 5